Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. We're going to jump right into the message and it's going to be great. I don't know if you've purchased one of these or have gotten one of these before, but this is the book of John uh, in journal form, kind of like it allows you to write in it and journal. I just want to use this to read uh, scripture today. We've been chugging through the book of John in this sermon series called Beloved. John is known as the Beloved Disciple, and um, it has just been a journey and it's been a joy. Uh, pastor last week left off with a message and he was talking about preparing the way, preparing the way. And it was a great message. And uh, I'm picking up right where he left off in verse 29. Uh, and and I, think, I think I just want to kind of speak uh, directly to you today. It might feel a little different than normal, be kind of a different type of message, but this has been my prayer with the book of John, and I want to pray this over you, that God would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, a mind to wonder, and a heart to receive. And that's my prayer for you this morning, that God would give you ears to hear, eyes to see, a mind to wonder, and a heart to receive. Before I jump into this, I do want to talk to you about how this works. We've, we've been in this process. This book of John is not a race. We're not trying to see who can read the book of John the fastest or who can read it the most amount of times. We are wanting to take our time through scripture. You know what I have found? This is what I have found. This is true about me. I get on these kicks sometimes. It's not even part of my message, but I feel the need to say this. I get on these kicks sometimes where I really want to work out, right? I want to eat right. I want to be disciplined. I'm going to wake up at 5 every day, drink a gallon of water. I'm only going to eat 14 calories a day, right? Like you go through all of these things and then you're like, I'm going to like run two miles. I can't even walk one, right? It's like, what are you talking about? And then I set these crazy goals for myself because I want to accomplish so much in a short amount of time. And what I have found about myself in my personal life is the reason that I set such insane goals is because subconsciously I know I'm not going to work out very long. It's not going to last. I'm going to start January 1, and by, like, January 13th, I'm like, all right, let's hit Shipley's. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just, like, go to Pluckers and all that stuff, right? And and I know this about myself, and so what I do is knowing that I'm not going to have any real consistency long term, I say, let's kill myself for two weeks, try to drop like 40 pounds, and then be happy and gain it all back the rest of the year, right? I think sometimes we do that with the Word of God. I think that when we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we know I'm not going to have no real devotion. I'm not going to like really like, you know, sit down and carve out time every day for Jesus and do all of these things. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the whole Bible in 30 days. And we set these unrealistic goals for encountering God because something tells us I've never been really consistent and I probably won't be very consistent. And I think that we have the opportunity to flip the script. If we actually rested in the peace That every day I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. Every day I'm going to open my word. Every day I'm going to pray. Then there would be nothing wrong with reading two or three verses. It would be actually very fulfilling. Very fresh. God, speak to me in three verses of the book of John. 
And you know what? If I spend 20 minutes today and I don't feel like I got some crazy revelation, guess what? I have an opportunity to do it all again tomorrow. And I get to spend more time with Jesus the next day. And I get to spend time with Jesus the next day. And I get to trust him again the next day. And so I kind of want to bring some peace to your mind and letting you know that this is not a race. We're just going to read John because we get to read John. We don't have to read the Bible. We get to read the Bible. Online, if you're watching, just drop some book emojis on there. Let me know that you're, you're jumping in the book of John with us. It's an opportunity that we have. The word of God washes us. The Bible says that it will wash us. It will cleanse us. The word of God is transformative. There's a lot of books that you can read. The word of God has a way of reading you. It's powerful. It's, it's God in narrative form. It's the life of Jesus. It's, 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 it's just so powerful. It, it has the ability. The word of God has the ability to insert itself in, in an anxious mind and bring peace. The word of God has the ability to insert itself in a sick situation and bring healing. The word of God has the ability to step into depression and bring relationship, bring community. The word of God has the ability to walk right into your situation and be the fullness of what you need and desire, whether knowing or unknowing, because your God is all powerful. It's a way that we get to connect with God, see God, hear God, and experience God. Calling yourself a Christian and not engaging with the word of God is like being a fish who lives outside of water. There's no power in a person who doesn't engage with the word of God, read the word of God. God, open my eyes to see you, my ears to hear you, my mind to wonder about you, and my heart to receive you. If we didn't have a specific topic today, I feel like I could just take all of the time and talk to you all about how important it is to read the word. Read the word. Now look, I'm no different than you. I understand that there's seasons, some short and some long, where the word doesn't have its place of priority in our life. I want to let you know God's not upset with you. God's not angry with you. It's not like, you know, sometimes going back to the diet thing, right? It's like you wake up and you want to do good, but then like that friend brings like the cookies for lunch in the office, and so you have one of them, and so you tell yourself, well, I already had one cookie. Might as well just eat whatever I want for dinner, right? This is not that with the word. It's like, oh, I missed two days of the Bible. Oh, we'll just try again in 2025. Like, no. It's okay. Today's the day you can flip the script and dive into all that God has for you through his word. So let's jump in together. John chapter 1, verse 29 is where I'm going to start. I'll be reading out of the ESV, but I also want to pull some other translations. Um, if you're watching online, you can go ahead and tab over, open up a Bible, or maybe you have it there in front of you. If you have your John journal, you can write your notes right next to what we're going to be reading this morning. But John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, The next day he, he being John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him. And said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Verse 30. This is, of, this is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. 31. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose came, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. 32. And John bore witness. This is what he said. 
The Spirit descends from heaven like a dove and remains on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have bore witness that this is the Son of God. Verse 33, I'm going to read that one more time. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend, somebody say descend, and remain, say remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit, verse 34, where we're going to end. And I have seen and have bore witness that this is the Son of God. You know, I was reading this um, with a group of pastors. I had the privilege this week to sit in a Zoom meeting with some really great pastors, um, and we got to collect our thoughts. It was almost like a think tank on this particular portion of Scripture. So some of the the ideas and concepts that I'll present to you this morning uh, came in a group setting. Some of them are just things that God has been speaking to me about. I was very fortunate to sit in this meeting, though. And as this conversation was happening, I began to think of these scenarios. Some of us experience scenarios from time to time where we get to see something that is very cool or very unique. Maybe it's very tragic or very exciting or exhilarating or very just like, ooh, that was tough, right? Uh, Like one of the things I was thinking about is like, has anyone ever like seen a car accident happen like in real time? I have never seen that, but I can only imagine. I always like wonder like, is it loud? Like what is it like, you know? Like you see certain things happen, you're like, whoa, that was insane, right? Like maybe someone in here, you're like reminiscing about like 1984 and you saw like Van Halen for the last time on their like reunion. You're like, I got to see that. I got to witness that, right? It's like so crazy. Um, you know, what are some other things like, like I think you can see, like maybe some of you have like opened a door without knocking and have some seen things, right? That you'd like wish you would have never seen, right? Like sometimes you just see certain things and, and, and like we go through life and you're like, whoa, still scarred. That, that's why I'll pray for you after service. Okay. That, that's you I was talking to you if that's you, you know, uh, but we get to see, we get to, uh, witness certain things that are like very powerful, that are, that are very scary, that, you know, provoke all sorts of emotion, right? Maybe you saw something between two people that you were not supposed to see, and it provoked an emotion of, girl, you ain't going to wait. You know, you can't wait until I tell you what I just seen at H-E-B, right? Uh, but, but I started thinking how we see things, and then we have these reactions to them. And I couldn't help but recognize John's reaction here when he sees Jesus. The Bible says in the ESV that we just read, Behold, the Son of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that scripture in 29 is so interesting. And I love the way that it's written in the NLT. Can we put the NLT up? It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, I believe the Bible is written very intentionally, and the fact that there's two exclamation points in this makes me believe that John is giving a statement of excitement. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I can't help but use my theological imagination and think that John is in a moment of excitement. Look. Have you ever seen something that's about to happen and you're seeing it as it's happening and you tell someone, look, 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 this car's about to hit each other, look, 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 right? This moment of like, look, like, look, see what I'm seeing in this moment. 
is the excitement that John brings to this moment. He sees Jesus walking up with his Jordan 3 sandals on and his white robe. And all he can think to say is, look. And with the same level of excitement, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the... Look, look, you look in this moment. Stop and look. And that's so interesting to me. And I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me a question that I want to ask you. What is your reaction when you see Jesus? First point, question that I have for you today is what is your response? What is your reaction when you see Jesus? When you feel the presence of Jesus? How do you respond? Are you a look person? The Savior of the world, look, my everlasting hope, look, the lily in the valley, look. Or are you a, eh, it's just Jesus. Mm, I'd rather be sitting in this moment. Mm, don't really feel like going to church today. Mm, don't want to serve. Mm, I'm fine all by myself. Are you a look? Can I maybe get a little bit more personal, possibly step on some toes? Or are you a person that maybe you're so distant from God, you wouldn't even recognize Jesus if he slapped you in the face? Maybe some of us sitting in here today, we don't even have look moments because we don't even know what it feels like for Jesus to walk in the room. We don't know what it looks like for Jesus to walk into our situation. My first point is simple this morning. What is your response when you see Jesus, when you experience Jesus? You know, I've been in church a long time, and I'm always so um, entertained in a positive way by those people that Sometimes they're on the front row and they're singing at the top of their lungs and they're like 10 keys off of what the band's actually singing and they're screaming or maybe there's certain people, I've been one of them, that they're just jumping in their little space and, and maybe they're praying a little louder or they begin to pace on the room or, or you know, they begin to have these responses. Those are their look moments. Look, Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has just walked into the room. How could I not give him praise? How could I not give him worship? How could I not lift my voice? How could I not act a little crazy? How could I not dance right where I am? When I think about the Lord and everything that he has done, how could I not give him my best, give him my all, point everybody to him? How could I not have a moment where I jump up and down and in my best effort say, look, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. Look, the God who pulled me out of the muck and mud. Look, the God who has healed me. Look, the God who has delivered me. Look, the God who has shown up time and time again, who is near to the brokenhearted, who is closer than a brother and a friend, who has taken my world and turned it 180 when I didn't deserve it and when I couldn't earn it. Jesus was there for me. And all I can say in this moment is look, because my sight draws a response from me that says he is so good and it doesn't matter what I've done or what you think. I just want you to see Jesus. How do you respond when you see Jesus? Do you respond? In verse 30 it says, 
It says, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 31, <clears throat> I myself did not know him. Before this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came and preached the message that he might be revealed to Sam Marcus. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I walk into my work every day as a believer that my co-workers might know him. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came and stepped into my family that is broken as a positive believer with nothing but good things in prayer to say that he might be revealed to my family. Verse 31 is so powerful. John the Baptist is saying, I did not know him personally, but for this reason, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. The message puts it this way, same scripture in the message translation. I knew nothing about who he was, only this, that my task has been to get Israel ready to recognize him as the God revealer. The NIV says it like this. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. For this purpose, the reason I came. The reason that I do what I do was that he might be revealed. Point one, how do you respond when you see Jesus? Point two, what do you do so that Jesus can be revealed? Questions to ask ourselves. And and I, I would ask that you would genuinely ask yourself in this moment. This is not a message to convict. This is a message to inspire. That God would give us what? Eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind to wonder, and a heart to receive. This question, what do you do that he might be revealed? And the reason this is significant is because John the Baptist, earlier in Scripture, let us know, I'm nothing but a voice in the wilderness. Baptizing people in water. That's it. That's all God's called me to do. I'm a voice in the wilderness baptizing people in water. That is my job. That is my identity. That is my calling. That is what God has said for me to do. So when he says the reason that I baptize with water, what he's literally saying is the reason I do what I do, the reason that I live my life, the reason that I have this calling and I have this profession, the reason that I wake up in the morning, the reason that I put on my shoes, my clothes, and I go about my business is that he might be revealed. How many of us every day wake up in the morning and our primary objective is that we would reveal Jesus? Leaders that are in the room and, and ministry leaders and, and you know, small group leaders. In simplest form, this is your mission. Pastors in the room. This is, this is a one-line job description. Reveal Jesus. When has it ever become about anything other than just simply revealing Jesus? When have we decided to take revealing Jesus out of the narrative and the equation of the life of a believer? That we could walk through, myself included, so much of our lives as Christians. And our life has nothing to do with revealing Jesus. 
It has everything to do with how fast we can read the book of John and how many things I can show up to and how many posts I can share and I'm going to like because that's for Jesus, but I'm not going to comment because that's for the devil. It has nothing to do with revealing Jesus. Number one, how do we respond when Jesus walks in the room? Number two, how do you reveal Jesus? And the reason that I ask you these questions this morning is because the accumulation of these questions, the, the end spot, or the, the climactic ending of this scripture is, is John saying this. He says, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, this is what God says to John according to John, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, He on whom, John, you see with your eyes the Spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And then John says, and I have seen and have bore witness that this is the Son of God. So God tells John, whoever you see the Spirit descend on and stay on, this is the one that is coming to baptize in the Spirit. And John says, now I actually have seen with my own eyes the Spirit descend and remain on Jesus, and I now know that Jesus is the Son of God. John, for the first time, is able to be a witness and have a testimony. If you think about this as a courtroom, We're sitting here. A lawyer gets to come up and they get to call their witness. The witness comes up and they take the stand and they give their testimony. They call everything that a witness says a testimony. Now the reason that their testimony has any validity or any weight is because the testimony is spoken by a person who saw it with their eyes on a first-hand basis. A valid testimony can only come from a witness. You can't have a testimony without a witness, but you can't have a witness without seeing. So John says, I have now seen God do what he said he was going to do. Therefore, I have a testimony. And through that testimony, I am now a witness. I think the thing that we need to be a little bit more sure on is that we are taking time to see Jesus. See God at work in our life every day. On the way to work, on on the way to pick up our kids, on the way to, you know, the parent TV conference or the the sports games or or at the family dinner or, or, you know, when we're watching just a movie in our home or we're going through our day. How much of our time do we take to try to see God at work? to see where the spirit is descending and where the spirit is saying because it's in that moment when we begin to open our eyes to the things of God that all of a sudden I develop a testimony because I've seen it firsthand and now I can now witness to other people and the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony 
Could it be that the lack of overcoming that we see in today's church could be the lack of testimony that the believers have because we're not taking time to actually see God at work in life. Therefore, we have no witness and we have no testimony to help ourselves and others actually overcome the things that God has already empowered us to overcome. We have to open our eyes to the things of the Spirit and open our eyes to the things of God because our God is moving and shaking. Our God is very active. Our God is present. Our God is an overcomer. Our God is undefeated. Our God is unmatched. He is all-powerful and all-knowing. He does whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. And it's not our job to control what he does with our prayers. It's our job to open our spiritual eyes to watch him move in this earth, to watch him do what he says he's going to do because he still does miracles He still saves, he still heals, and he still delivers. And I'm sorry to break it to you, but every person who walked with Jesus has been dead for over 2,000 years. It is now the responsibility of today's church, of the modern-day believers, to open our eyes because now it's on me to be a witness because the testimony that I have of watching Jesus heal my family and watching Jesus heal me of my sickness and watching Jesus pull me out of the dysfunctional place that I was in, help me out of my mental health, rid anxiety from my mind be a better husband and a better father is my testimony so that I can witness to others and say I have seen and I have heard the goodness and the power of God and if he can do it for me then he can do it for you and you and you but we have to believe it and open our eyes to it and 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 the problem that I have with certain things in this world, with sin in this world, with mental health, these other things that I believe sometimes the enemy uses is not the actual thing themselves. I think that sometimes we get get caught up in traps, sinful traps. I think that sometimes we get caught up in, in very real, tough, emotional trauma, mental health, all of these things. But the real problem with them all is that they take our focus off what God is doing. And you can never take time to find and see what God is doing when you're only looking at yourself. So I want to share this with you this morning. Number one, how do you respond when Jesus walks in the room? Can we get our piano and band? Let's just bring the band back up here. I want to pray for some people in a second. Can... can, Can, number one, how do we respond? How do you respond? If that's your word this morning and you say, Pastor Emilio, I want to respond to the things of Jesus. I want to be sensitive to the things of Jesus. Listen to what John said. He says, he says in his word, he says, God said that who I see the spirit descend and stay is the king of kings and Lord of lords. That's Jesus, right? God said who I see. Can I tell you this morning that your sensitivity to God directly impacts how sensitive you are to the Spirit? Your sensitivity to God, how close you are, how sensitive you are to His voice, directly impacts how you're able to sense the Spirit. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. But maybe you're the other one. You're saying, I I need to do a better job of revealing Jesus, that I could reveal Jesus. I want to pray for you as well. 
Will you stand with me this morning? Will our prayer partners come down to the front again and, and let's just begin to worship? Because I think there's a different group of people in here and that group of people is a group of people that you're just like, you need a look moment. And, and, and I wanna be that person to help you reveal Jesus. I want to be John the Baptist for you. I want these prayer partners to be John the Baptist because, because I think sometimes we can walk through life and we just need someone to say, look, look, this is Jesus. Look, he's healed before and he'll heal again. He's been faithful before and he'll, he'll be faithful again. You can trust him. He's been good. He's been patient. He's been kind. We didn't do this at the last service, but I just believe that that as we begin to worship for just a little while longer, that God is gonna move on your heart and you're gonna take a step and you're gonna see Jesus and you're gonna respond to that today by saying, you know what, I will get prayer. You know what, I will open my heart. You know what, I will say yes to him and I will recommit my life. I will find salvation. I've been on the fence, but now I wanna go all in because I wanna see Jesus. And ultimately we would all leave this room this morning with just a stronger witness, with a stronger testimony, telling people about the goodness that God has done for this reason I get up in the morning I go to work I do everything that I got to do so that Jesus might be revealed one more thing can I just say one more thing I, I just so strongly believe that Jesus being revealed to your family can start with you getting prayer this morning that Jesus being revealed in your sickness can start with you seeing him and responding to prayer this morning. We're gonna have a little bit of time, whatever we need to do, but if, if God is moving on your heart, generations of your life can be different because of the decision you make in this moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just turn it all to you, God. We focus on every head bowed, every eye closed. If you wanna worship, begin to worship. Father, we worship you this morning. We wanna see you in a fresh and a new way. God, we wanna experience you like we've never experienced you before. God, we open our eyes to the things of the Spirit. Reveal to us who you are so that we can reveal you to others. God, let us be a witness. Give us a testimony. And I pray that you break chains, you heal anxiety, you heal depression, you heal mental health, you, you heal and comfort those who need, you heal the sick. Right now, we open the altars. Come on down if you want prayer. God, that you would speak to those people past trauma, past hurt, God, financial issues, marriage problems, individual problems, childhood trauma. God, you're just a God who knows, who can heal, who can save, who can deliver, who can restore. You are so good and you're worthy to be praised. God, we open it up to you this morning. Come on.
Jesus for everything that you've done for what you're doing thank you for joining us today don't forget we want to connect with you you can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos on Instagram at PSM Church or on our website psmchurch.com thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast